0: Tune in every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here on KPIR 1420 AM for an hour that can change your life. Join us from 10 to 11 AM for a wonderful time of inspiring music as well as an encouraging Bible message from the Ministry of Generations Church. Be encouraged and blessed by hearing God's Word with practical principles that you can apply in your life every day. That's 10 to 11 AM Sundays right here on 1420 AM.
1: Welcome to Worship in the Word with Generations Church of Granbury. You are invited to stay tuned for the next 59 minutes to enjoy some inspiring music from one of Hood County's wonderful congregations, as well as an encouraging message from the Bible. The songs you are about to enjoy are from the Generations Church worship team, led by Pastor Sheikh Anderson, with the Gen Praise Band, and on special occasions, some great guest musicians.
0: Later on in the broadcast, you may hear a proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, along with some teaching from the Bible with Pastor Alan Matter or another Generations Church leader or special guest. So without any further delay, welcome to Worship in the Word with Generations Church. You are listening to Worship and the Word with Generations Church of Granbury. Stay tuned for more inspiring music and a message from the Bible.
1: song, All I Need is You, Lord. He gives us a reason to declare His worthiness. Because all we need is Him. He is the all-sufficient one. Sometimes as humans we forget that and we suffer from if only. If only I'd have done this, or if only she'd have done that, if only we'd have done this, or if only they would do this. Forget all that. He's all we need. Lord, how are we going to make it? His response is, I am. Where are we going to go? I am. When are you going to move? I am. He's the all-sufficient one. He is all we need. He has everything that we need. Well, I need healing. He's the healer. I need provision. He's our provider. I need saving. I need deliverance. I need redemption from my circumstances.
0: is there any reason to believe that as an adult no the uh guy in the bible who died for us right Mm. do you believe that well i'm pretty agnostic so i believe in something but i'm not sure if it's christ is it possible to be pretty agnostic Any agnostic is kind of like being pregnant, right? Either either or you are. I am. So you don't believe it? Well, I guess not. Okay. do no, no. I suppose I don't have any proof.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Jesus Is, Sermon Series that's a journey through John's gospel, each week looking at a different aspect of the character and person of Jesus Christ. Today we're going to read the text from John four, forty-three through 54. It says, Now after two days he departed from there and went to Galilee. He had spent two days ministering to people in Sychar of Samaria. Yes, the disciples had to hang out with Samaritans for 48 hours. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when... He came to Galilee. The Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, which was like a day's walk away, 20 miles, something like that. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him, to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So he had heard about the water being turned into wine right here in Cana. Jesus is going back to this town. And he'd heard about the signs and wonders that Jesus performed in Jerusalem after he cleaned the unnecessary sinful business that was going on in the house of God there. He did many wonders. And so he heard about that. His son was at the point of death. He walks over a day's journey or half a day's horse journey. I don't know how he got there, but... He was desperate because his son was at the point of death. Verse 48, he said to him, Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. He didn't have the luxury of seeing faith-building signs and wonders. He was desperate. Who knows, sometimes desperation pushes through your unbelief. There's no atheists in foxholes. When you're desperate, you know there's a God, you know you've got to have his help. Sir, come down before my child dies. Verse 50, Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. Then they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him, which is about one o'clock in the afternoon. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is a second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We ask you to speak to us today. Give us ears to hear what you want us to hear. And Holy Spirit, cause to fall to the ground anything I say that's not from you and Lord cause to be remembered and planted in our hearts those things that are of you in Jesus name amen last week we spoke on Jesus as being the Lord of the harvest verse 35 he told his disciples do you not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest behold I say to you lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are white already beware of carrot stick revival by that i mean the constant looking for a better day you know if we could just have revival or if we could just have this if only that some christians often fall into in hopes i guess that our earthly existence will be more like heaven than it is and that multitudes will get saved as a result in the meantime christ continues to be the all-sufficient one and his grace and power are all that we need for everything pertaining to life and godliness while ways of the Holy Spirit are wonderful to enjoy and they should be enjoyed and empowering to us for evangelistic service, here the Lord of the harvest proclaims that his harvest is now. No need for a prayer meeting, as important as that is, the harvest is now. This reminds me of something he said in Matthew 9. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is Is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, and here comes the reason to pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. The purpose of revival is for sending laborers into the harvest field. Can I get an amen? Here the Lord of the harvest tells us to pray for the Lord to send out labors into his harvest. Well, I know that answering such prayers often includes reviving us people. We must keep in mind that harvest is the objective and not merely our being revived. This is Jody Harrington Geddes. She's the Director of Disaster Relief for the United States for Operation Blessing. She and her team were based here for a few days until the Moore, Oklahoma thing happened. We have the privilege of getting to know her and her amazing staff while they were here for a few days. To our amazement, we learned that all of them, were graduates of the Brownsville School of Revival in Pensacola, Florida. While each could talk at length about what an amazing season and wonderful church service that was that they experienced at Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola, that was not their purpose in serving here, nor their purpose for why they're in Moore, Oklahoma. Answering the call of the Lord of the harvest, each of them became laborers in his fields across our nation's troubled areas. I think that's what you call the fruit of revival. I mean, her whole team, all of them, the United States team for Operation Blessing, Brownsville School of Revival, where they came from. So if you are any skeptics say, well, what went on in Pensacola? Well, now you know. Don't say there's still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Today I'd like to speak on this subject. Jesus is the giver of faith. Can we say the giver of faith? Hebrews calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. Back to our text. After two days, verse 43, he departed from there, that is from Sychar of Samaria, and went to Galilee. That's the region he grew up in, beautiful part of Israel, a very low elevation to leave there to go to Israel. You go south, but you call it going up because some of the lowest elevation on earth is there. In fact, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake in the world in terms of its elevation. So he went to Galilee, so they're walking downhill, and Jesus testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. The way they respected him in Judea and the way they respected him in Galilee and definitely in Nazareth was not like the way they respected him in Samaria. So he basically was telling his disciples, Get ready, boys. Here comes a lack of respect. Verse 45, So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast. Chapter two twenty three says that many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did in Jerusalem. Verse 46, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. This man very well may have been a Gentile. In fact, it's not likely that he was Jewish. I just think it's interesting the pattern that John takes in recording relating the ministry of jesus greg pointed this out to me parallels the ministry of the holy spirit in the book of acts the very next book the holy spirit's poured out in jerusalem and judea and samaria and the uttermost part of the earth was was what jesus prophesied would happen but when you follow the path there's the outpouring of the holy spirit in acts chapter two in jerusalem and ministry happened in jerusalem and then in acts eight ministry moves to samaria Then in Acts 10, ministry moves to a Gentile's house, a Gentile leader. Jesus ministered in Jerusalem, Samaria, and now possibly to a Gentile. Verse 47, when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down. The word implore means to be insistent. He was desperate to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Here again, we see the openness, the rightness of someone for the gospel who onlookers may say was far from the kingdom. Oh, he's corrupt. He's a Roman official. He's part of this oppressive government that's bothering us. How should he expect a miracle? This guy was desperate. He was right. His harvest fields were white and ready for harvest. But Jesus said to him in verse 48, unless you people, yes, he said you people, Literally, he didn't say people. The word people is just put in there by translators. Unless you see signs and wonders, you'll by no means believe. Now, I just find that mind-boggling to me because often we know of Jesus as a son of God. But he was also the son of man. And Philippians says that he did not consider equality with God something to hold on to, but he made himself of no reputation. I believe he chose to live as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So he didn't walk in his omniscience. When he ministered to the woman at the well, I believe that was the word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit gave him. Remember, he didn't begin ministering until the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit gave him a word of knowledge about this woman and gave her insight and ministered to her in the power of the Holy Spirit. This gives us hope that if Jesus can minister in the power of the Holy Spirit and he sends us the Holy Spirit, we too can minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? So here... This guy doesn't have time for signs and wonders. Why did Jesus say this to him? Unless you believe like he thought, maybe in his humanity, that he had to see signs before he would believe so that he could receive this miracle. I don't know why he said it. There obviously was other people around it. But to me, I think it may point out to his humanity. The nobleman said, Sir, come down to me before my son dies. Not believing he had time for observing signs and wonders... This desperate father cries out for help in desperation. Jesus said to him two things. Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. So Jesus said two things. The man did two things. Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. The man went his way and believed the word. See that? Because he believed the word, He went on his way. He put his faith into action. Rather than giving this anxious parent a quick demo of his power, Jesus simply gives him a promise, a word that he believes and acts upon. And then, of course, the rest of the story is as he got close to his house, you know, the end of a long day, your son lives. It probably was already night by the time he got there. When did the thing turn around for him? About the seventh hour. And he knew that that was when Jesus said, your son lives. And the result of it The end of verse 53, he himself believed and his whole household. Not having seen a sign, not having seen a wonder, he chose to believe the word. Tell your neighbor, believe the word. Believe the word. If you are a sign chaser, you got things backwards. Signs are supposed to follow us. We're not supposed to follow signs. Believe the Word. Jesus is the author of our faith. How does He give faith? Two things. By giving us a Word. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing. Literally, it says, Faith by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. So we faith by hearing. And we hear by the Word of God. So first comes the Word of God, then comes the hearing, then comes the faith. See that? Faith is a result of hearing. Hearing is a result of God speaking. You can hear me speaking right now, but you can't hear me speak right now. But when I speak, you can hear. All right? When God speaks and we hear Him, faith is a result. You see this pattern throughout the Scriptures. Whether it's Noah building an ark for a 100 years, what kept him encouraged? He had a word from God. God spoke to him. I think something that radical, he had an audible voice. Tell him. And he lived for years with maybe shame and embarrassment from the community and hardship on his family on the basis of that word. Faith came about as a result. He didn't work it up. Faith isn't something you work up. you seen that crazy credit card commercial of those guys having the, the whisker growing competition? <sighs> Trying to press their whiskers out. Some Christians are that way with their faith. They think, they think we're constipated or something and we've got to push the faith out. It doesn't work like that. Get to the point where you hear God If you buy a set of tapes and listen to them dozens of times, that's great if it's encouraging to you. But that's not really the point. The point is to hear God. And if you hear God, hold on to that Word. Don't forget it. So faith comes by hearing. Faith also comes by His demonstration of love. When I think of the cross, faith arises in my heart. Because this is the fulfillment of the Word. This is the promise of Genesis 3.15, the heel of the seed of woman was bruised on the cross and the head of Satan was crushed. God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If he did that for me before I even existed, before I ever committed the first sin, he did it for me when I was still a sinner. Now that I'm his child, how much more does he love me? going to have faith. You have to have faith when you know. Think of it like this. When you know your spouse loves you, what comes about as a result? Trust. Faith. Trust has been damaged. It can be rebuilt. And the way to rebuild trust isn't by you don't trust me and fighting over why you should trust, but showing love, demonstrating love. Trust is the result of love. And so faith is a result of God's love. Ultimately, it's the Word. I mean, He says, I love you. You believe it. You're going to have faith. It's that simple. Sorry, folks. That's all I got. God loves you this much. How much do you love me? So he stretched his hands and died. How do we receive a faith-giving word from God? All right. I need a word from God. How do we receive a faith-giving word from God? God is a spirit, and his spirit ministers to our spirit by these eight ways. I kind of think of it as light. You know, God is light, and we know that light has a spectrum of colors. And there's the seven colors we can see, and then there's other things in light that we can't see, the invisible radiation. Well, God has a whole myriad of ways that we can hear him speak to us. And the audible voice isn't just one of them. In fact, if you can hear the audible voice, there's something wrong because God generally doesn't speak any louder than He has to. If God is screaming at you in an audible voice, get up! (laughs) You better move. He speaks to us by the Scriptures. Years ago, I used to read a proverb a day. 31 days in a month, 31 chapters in Proverbs. I'd read a chapter a day, and just repeat. Did it for years. There was never, never a day that I did that that some verse didn't hit me between the eyes. God confronting me. The Holy Spirit working with the Word. He inspired the writers to write what they wrote that's in that book. He inspired those who canonize the Scripture to compile the volume of 66 books that we call the Bible that same Holy Spirit inspires us as we read it to an issue that he wants to deal with in our hearts. There's the inward witness. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. My pastor was called in on the carpet by his denomination before they kicked him out and said, God no longer speaks. If it's not between the pages of this book, you are adding to the Bible. And you know what the penalty for that is. So Pastor Olin simply asked the man a question. Two questions, actually. Are you called to preach? Yes, I am. I know God's called me. Would you mind showing me chapter and verse where you, John Doe, is called to preach? So you see, we need the Scriptures and we need the inward witness. Sometimes I write my prayers out just to get what's in my heart out on paper and sometimes as i'm writing prayers i'm impressed to write other things that god's given me direction sometimes he gives me lists of things to do went through a hard season with my parents and he gave me a list that i entitled how to honor the dishonoring parent and uh, it gave me seven things to be committed to the lord brought us through that season i think i'm their favorite but anyway never He speaks to us through prophecy. The gifts of the Spirit are for today. And I know some people are on some kind of wacky Holy Ghost tabacky prophesying dates and mates and ruining people's lives. But if you marry somebody, don't you dare marry somebody simply because somebody said, Thus saith the Lord, you're to marry him. No, you look for confirmation. Something as important as marriage, you need more spectrums involved in ruling your life. Like, does he have a job? No. Well, wisdom says, hold on. How does he treat his mama? Yep. He speaks to us by dream or vision. A vision is the Holy Spirit just showing you something, or it can be something you see in your mind's eye. Or a dream where God impresses you. Godly wisdom of leaders. Sometimes godly wisdom can come from a donkey. Remember the prophet Balaam, in his foolishness, wanted to speak ill of God's people. and God used a donkey to prophesy to him. That's an extreme case. If animals are talking to you, man, you are in bad shape. Angelic, you need a pipe gun. All the shepherds got that one. I'm going to ram through this outline here. (laughs) We see these things in the scriptures. He sends angelic visitations. These things are in the Bible, how God speaks to us. He's the author and finisher of our faith, and he gives you faith by speaking to you, and he has a whole myriad of ways that he will speak to you. What to do when our faith is shaken? What if when you go home, your child isn't healed, but you have a promise of healing? What do you do? What to do when our faith is shaken? Remember His Word to you. Remember it. Don't forget it. Hold on to it. Use it like a sword. The truth of God's love for us. Use it like a sword. In fact, the word rhema is a word that speaks of the sword of the Spirit. The rhema of God is the sword of the Spirit. faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, that word therefore, Word of God is rhema. Rhema means specific word. Logos means specific. Language in general, or logic, or what makes the universe work. Rhema is focused and specific. So hold on to that word and fight discouragement with it. Preach to yourself if you have to. And remember God's love for you. Look in the mirror and say, you didn't put yourself where you are. Jesus died for your sins and God made the way for you to be redeemed. And So even if you messed up and got yourself in the mess, declare the truth to yourself. With God's help, this mess is going to become a message. This test is going to become a testimony. First the test, then the money. All right. Exercise your faith with works. That man believed what Jesus said, and he went his way. You think that was an easy thing to do? From our viewpoint, it looks easy. Oh, yeah, he just went home. No, he walked all day long hoping what Jesus said was true. But because he believed it, he he went in obedience. Your son lives. That was the only word he had. Look to Jesus Christ as our Lord. Is He Lord or is my feelings going to be Lord? Is He my Lord or are the opinions of others going to be my Lord? Is He my Lord or retreating to some addiction to find some type of temporary solace going to be my Lord? Let Jesus be your Lord and trust Him. Allow yourself to fully trust in Him alone. In Christ alone, that song says, I put my trust. You can't always trust in people. People will let you down. People will disappoint you. People will not always live up to your expectations. That's why our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. Remember all your testimonies clearly. What has He done in the past? Remember it. Remember it. Remember it. When David faced Goliath, he remembered his past testimonies clearly. I remember a bear that I killed, and I remember a lion. And God is able to deliver into my hands this uncircumcised Philistine. David short, Goliath tall, right? He didn't say God is able to deliver to me this giant Philistine. No, he didn't even look up. He just looked straight ahead. This uncircumcised Philistine. (laughs) Remember your testimonies clearly. And when the answer comes, when the answer comes, record again because this is going to encourage you in the future. In fact, you know what David did with Goliath's head? He cut Goliath's head off with his own sword. And he took that head for a walk, like a flashlight, to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was not part of Israel yet. It was not under Israeli domain. But it would be under his rule and reign. Could it be he took that proof of his testimony for a walk to what would in the future be another testimony? Look at this, Jerusalem. You're mine. Be relentless about actively moving ahead. I love that song. I'm not turning back. I'm moving ahead. I'm leaving my past behind. My past is over in you. All things are made new. I'm moving, moving forward. Move forward in your life. And when you can't move forward, then just stand. Stand when you don't know what else to do. Stand. When you can't pray no more, stand. When you can't stands no more, stand. And finally, know that He promised to be with us always. 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 Lord, I thank You that You've promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. And I pray, Lord, for each person here, They're facing their own kinds of giants. They've gone home from Cana to Capernaum and the child is still sick. The need is still there. Help them, Lord, to stand on Your Word, to hold to Your promise, to remember their testimony. And most of all, Lord, to never forget they're not alone. They're not alone. And that until the answer comes, all we need is you. Because, Lord, you sustain us and you carry us through to victory. In Jesus' name.
0: You are listening to Worship and the Word with Generations Church of Granbury.
1: don't rush off this morning we're here to minister to you. don't miss this opportunity we must go, we bless you in the name of the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace His grace His faith not the God kind of faith, the faith of God God's faith Not an imitation faith, the real thing. The faith that is the fruit of the Spirit and is the gift of the Spirit. Saving faith that's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Lord, do it, we pray in Jesus' name. the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Almighty lift up His countenance upon
0: you and give you His amazing peace that surpasses understanding.
2: I came back again to that secret place.
1: Thank you for tuning in today for Worship and the Word with Generations Church. You may hear our radio broadcast again at the same time and station next week. If you do not have a church congregation to call home and you live near the Granbury area, we would love to invite you to come check us out some Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Our meeting facilities are located at 5718 East Highway 377 on the Fort Worth side of Granbury. And our website is at generationschurch.org.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Worship and the Word. You may hear our next hour-long broadcast at the same time and station next week. Tune in every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here on KPIR 1420 AM for an hour that can change your life. Join us from 10 to 11 a.m. for a wonderful time of inspiring music as well as an encouraging Bible message from the Ministry of Generations Church. Be encouraged and blessed by hearing God's Word with practical principles that you can apply in your life every day. That's 10 to 11 a.m. Sundays right here on 1420 a.m.